Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS online program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our next guest is John Comstock. John is known also as the 13th man, a motivational speaker, a certified ADA coordinator and advocate, and the last survivor of the 1999 Texas A&M bonfire collapse. John has shared his stories with millions of people on Fox, CBS, and NBC, also on ABC's Dateline, and his message of hope, inspiration, overcoming adversity really impacts people all around the world. John, thanks so much for being on Gifters Podcast, but your story is a gift to the world. I appreciate that. Thank you. So I actually met John. I don't always have a chance to meet our guests on our Gifters Podcast, but in John's case, I met him last year. We were both sharing the stage at a conference in Dallas, Texas, and you could just feel the emotion and feel the excitement and just feel the warmth in the room when John spoke because here's a man that has such a powerful story. And let's just share briefly, since people might not know about what the, you know, this Texas A&M bonfire collapse is, and especially since many of our guests are outside the U.S., just kind of briefly share about when you say you're the last survivor of this, this collapse. What was that about? Um, well, um, it's probably best for somebody to kind of look up to see what kind of structure this was, but we built this giant bonfire that's um, thousands of tons. It's over 55 feet tall, and it's basically made of just cut uh, tree logs. And in 99, the whole structure fell over and uh, injured 27 and killed 12. And um, I was the last person uh, pulled out alive. Uh, so I was trapped for about seven and a half hours, uh, completely couldn't move. And, um, you know, just somehow by the grace of God ended up pulling through and making it out. Wow. What, what's going on in your mind? Cause it's kind of like when you think of like a nine 11, for instance, like I used to work for several trade center. I had colleagues and friends, thankfully they didn't pass away, but it's like at that moment I was like, Oh my gosh. So like, what were you thinking during the time that, well, actually were you unconscious or conscious? First of all, I was conscious the whole seven and a half hours I was trapped. So what is going through your mind for, let's say, the first few minutes? Oh, gosh. I mean, I guess at first I thought, like, I couldn't feel my legs, so I thought I was going to be completely paralyzed. And then the other part of it was, was I mean, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it or not at that point. I had a log right across on my head, and I, could, I couldn't barely speak, I and mean, I could barely breathe. And, uh, you know, just waited till the EMTs got there, so... Um, I mean, like I said, I thought I was paralyzed and that just kind of sends your mind into overdrive thinking about all the things in your life that are going to be changed or uh, on the flip side, I thought I was uh, 19 and I was, that was at the end of my life. So I didn't think, uh, you know, I, I didn't accomplish anything. So that was one of the other thoughts that went through my head. But how did you, for seven and a half hours, was there someone there by your side saying, hey, John, you're going to be okay. We're, we're going to get you. Like, well, what, were you by yourself for the first few minutes or a few hours? Like, what, what's kind of like the scene? Like, paint the picture of the scene. Okay. Um, so the whole structure collapsed. I was knocked out for a few seconds. Um, my whole body was pinned at that point. I couldn't move, but my left hand was free. And I was on the very side of the structure, so I kind of waved it on the ground. And uh, somebody came up and, and grabbed my hand and said, you know, uh, hey, the emergency services are on their way, uh, you know, hang in there. I've got to go help other people, but they're on their way and, and they're going to get you out of here. Wow. And then the, um, like the fireman came and then for the seven and a half hours, uh, he was basically checking in on me, making sure that, 
I was okay and still conscious. And then as well as uh, they wanted to be able to communicate with me unless there was any sort of creaking or sounds because they didn't want it to, I guess, collapse more. So, And so you literally have millions of pieces of log on top of you. Like I'm just trying to picture this is 55 feet high. Are you out in the open? Are you, are you going to like, where, where are you? Where is this? Uh, I was on top of it. It's like a wedding cake, kind of the way they structure this thing. But I was on top of the third tier, which is kind of at the top. So it was like about 50 feet up where I was standing. Wow. And you're out in the open. What was this in like the summertime, wintertime, fall? It was November. So it was kind of, yeah, fall, winter. So fall, winter, this massive structure and you're on like the third tier of this, this wedding cake per se is how you describe it. And so people are trying to like, I guess, climb up on top of it and it's not very stable. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we climb up on top of it and then we use, well, for where I was, we use a crane and lower in the tree logs and then tie them into the structure. Wow. And that's how we, we build it up. And then what were you doing for those seven and a half hours then? I mean, that's a long time. Oh gosh, man. Just, uh, I guess in my own head, you know, thinking about all the things in my life that were going to be different. Um, you know, I didn't know if I was going to survive. And then just, I mean, even at one point I, I pretty much gave up and said, I'm not going to make it and waited for the fireman to, to say, you know, Hey, are you okay? And I gave him a thumbs up and, uh, I just tried to close my eyes and fall asleep. But for some reason I, I couldn't fall asleep. So it was pretty crazy because that was like after seven hours. So I was like completely exhausted, um, cold. I mean, again, still couldn't feel my legs. And then like my, where my right arm was trapped, it was like, just like excruciatingly painful, uh, there and in my lower back. So I was just ready to give up at that point. That's so crazy. What time did you stop building this and what time did they finally get you out of there? Uh, it went down, I want to say, at about 2.45 in the morning a.m. Because we were we were at the last week of building this thing, so we were kind of rushing to get it finished. And then uh, they finally were able to pull me out, I think, at about 9.30 a.m. in the morning. So, Wow. And then when you finally were pulled out, were you, were you conscious still? Yeah, I was still conscious. Um, and then it was pretty crazy. I mean, they, I didn't realize what kind. I couldn't see, uh, except through a small little gutter hole. Uh, for the seven and a half hours, but um, when they got me out, I just realized like there were thousands of people outside the structure standing around, and uh, they just all cheered. And then they uh, threw me into the ambulance and and got me to the hospital. Wow! And then what, what were some thoughts going into your mind like after that happened? Is that when the the news reports started coming in, or that was later on? And like what, what happened after that? So you you literally cheat death. You're at the well. Yeah, I knew I knew that the news media had already circled in on it because I could hear all the news helicopters that evening. Um, you know, and then at that point, I was kind of in and out for the ambulance ride. And then by the time I got into the uh, ER, I mean, they just pretty much put me immediately out for surgery. So it was it was insane. At that point, I thought I wasn't going to make it. I just said, you know, if I don't make it, tell my family I love them. And then they just gassed me and I was out. Wow. So. You know, can you imagine, because this happened in 1999, this is before the whole internet bubble thing, right? Can you imagine that happening in 2019, the amount of social media, the amount of tweets, and, you know, it's just, it'd be crazy to think, to think that your story is so powerful, and I'm just so grateful that you are alive, because your story is so inspiring, and I've heard it myself firsthand. So how did you go from that point where you were almost 20 years ago to now, you're, you're literally getting standing ovations, like, 
What compelled you to be a speaker? Um, there was a gentleman in the hospital. See, I started rehab. I came to, well, they moved me to Dallas eventually to start rehab and starting uh, physical and occupational therapy. And uh, they just got me in an, into an electric wheelchair to get around. And I came out of my room and there was this guy, he was on like forum crutches doing rehab and he was, uh, he had third degree burns over 90% of his body. And he literally, they had to amputate his hands because uh, they were so badly burned. And he just said, hang in there, John. And it just, uh, it blew me away. I wasn't ready to hear that. And somebody who was, um, I guess, had been through such a trauma was offering their words of encouragement. And for me, I've taken that and passed that torch along. You know, if somebody was able to do that for me, I want to be able to do that for somebody else. And that's why your, your heart's so pure and so, so intentional. And because not obviously the listeners perhaps have not met you. So you are wheelchair bound right now, or have you been since that, that, uh, that, that, that collapse? Yes, I've been wheelchair bound since the collapse. Um, I can, I get on my, I, my left leg was amputated, but I can stand up on my left leg and I can ambulate a little bit, but it's not uh, energy efficient for me. I can't go long distances. So just the wheelchair is just a better choice. And so your upper body is mobile though, right? your hands, your arms. Yes. I originally couldn't move my right arm at all. And I couldn't feel anything from the waist down. But um, as as healing went on, I was able to regain use of my right arm. And I have use of my lower body to a certain extent. Like, I, I don't feel much in my feet, but uh, that's okay. I mean, I still have some movement in my calf and, and most of the muscles of my legs. So Nice. We're almost done with our podcast interview, John. Thanks so much for sharing your story now. What's one thing you hope to share with people that are going through their own adversities? I mean, I just spoke to one of our clients prior to this and she got into a car accident. Thanks for she's fine. Another one of my clients, his father unfortunately force passed away. Like what, what encouragement might you want to share with our audience around the world about having face adversity as you have, what might you want to tell them? Uh, I would say that no matter how dark your life gets or how difficult the adversity you face is, um, there is a way to get back and get better and develop as a person and uh, just to conquer your life. So, you know, I just, uh, I just tell people like, do not give up, you know, keep pushing. So that's awesome. John, thanks so much for being a gift to this podcast for your story is a gift to the world. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, Chris.